Hear now the words of the witches, the secrets we hid in the night, when dark was our destiny's pathway, that now we bring forth into light. Hi, listeners. Welcome to the seventh episode of The Abysmal Witch, a subset of the Pennies in the Well franchise that is brought to you by Saturn. The Not cookie. Me. I'm a cookie? You're a cookie. Oh, I'm cookie. Yes. Cookie cookie. Oh, God, I could really go for cookies. Cookies. We have lemon loaf. Lemon loaf. Yeah. Oh, lemon loaf. And we've had, well, she's had coffee. I've had drugs. I had a sinus headache and a migraine. And, and Holly, you're Holly. Hi, Holly. Say hi. 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 Everyone, say hi, Holly. Okay, then. So uh, we're doing a joint episode today on the Abysmal Witch. Yes, we knew that. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I've taken migraine medication and sinus medication, so bear with me. Bear. Is, that, is it B-E-A-R or B-A-R-E? B-E-A-R. But that's a big furry creature. Mm. But, you know, English is a wonderful and weird language, and so that so, is also applied to that meaning. Um, so bearing something up goes with the big furry creature, not a naked ass. Yeah, but it's a different kind of bearing. That's also another kind of bearing. Because <laughs> you can have bearing, ball bearings. But I think we've digressed more, more even than is usual. So welcome to the seventh episode of The Abysmal Witch. As I said, Holly is going to join me on today's topic, which is all about magical travel. Not the Mad Hatter style of magical travel, as previously covered, but a more <clears throat> actual travel. Yes, and witchy, and, and being witchy about your travel and spiritual, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yes, but first, I did want to say that uh, it's been a month since the last episode, and while I've never had a time frame in my head, my time frame was going to be sooner than this, but, um, well, if you haven't seen, if you haven't heard, go on, say it. She's got a man! Oh, you had to put it that way? That's what oh, came up. man! <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, he's moving in. Well, he's actually kind of moved in already. You're in progress of m moving in. Yes. He's physically here, but his stuff is still in transit. Pretty so, much. Th there's been a lot of that, and between that and the job. You should see the wall of weaponry and amazing art. If you want to know what the, the art is, uh, Louis Royo, so L-U-I-S, and last name R-O-Y-O. -O. Uh, and apparently he does a Hecate series. Oh, oh, oh. I don't think any of these pictures are. But anyway, they are gorgeous pictures, and we have included um, a series of interesting weaponry on it. The two-ended sword, the uh, clawed hand with the knife on the other end, the Riddick kind of knives from Chronicles of Riddick, which is potentially an obscure reference, but if you're a Riddick fan, you know what I'm talking about. And the bastard sword, because um, half of those are mine and half are... We'll, we'll call him BJ, because that's his name, and I didn't get his permission, but um, you could tell that anyways if you're on my Facebook, so, yeah. Yeah. His and her weaponry is awesome. Mm. Yes. Anyways, back to magical travel. Yes. So, I talked about this, I think, already, that we were going to do this episode, so look at us follow through. I'm so proud. It's only the middle of May, and we traveled at the very end of February, so really, not that far away. Right on schedule for us, potentially. <laughs> That's really sad, you know, to admit. Hey, 2012 has been absolutely fabulous, but it's also going at Mach 4. So, uh, 
Yeah, accelerated life experience. Mm. And life experience is what we are here to talk about today. Because it isn't about the shit you have. It's about what you do with your living. Experiences. Yeah. Because, what, what did I say earlier? Um, if female things last longer than physical things. Ah. Because the ephemeral stuff, it seems like it's just, it happens and it's gone going and watching a movie. But the experience of having gone to the movie stays with you forever. Your laptop's going to get replaced in, you know, four to eight years, depending on how you manage it. Because um, that's the way of the world. And electronics and, you know, physical things that they all break down, including us. But the ephemeral things go into our memories. And our memories is a summary of our life. And so... It's going to be with us for the rest of our life. Well, unless we get Alzheimer's. But you still get pieces of it. True. Right? So the what really go deep into your body as a memory, it's a lot easier to come back. And you cannot have those moments with you at any time you want. And that's why it lasts longer. And I love that you said it goes into the body because it's true. Your memories go into your body. Your memories aren't just in your head. They're in your heart and your body. You feel your memories. You really relive it. Oh. <laughs> Hence the magical traveling. Yes. Uh, and magical traveling, we're not talking here of... Um, Alabada experience. No, we're, we're talking getting your ass out of your home and On, going somewhere. Onto a plane or a train. Bus, car, bike. You Canoe. Know. <laughs> well, in our sense, we, we went to Mexico, so we took the bigger travel. Oh, the road well-traveled, actually. Um, but really, anything that gets you out of your home could be considered magical travel. But we're going to take it today. What we're going to talk about is when you actually travel to another place that is not your typical area. So outside of your familiar grounds, yeah, your day-to-day life. Yeah, very. You know, taking an actual trip. A lot of this, I think, applies to any travel done outside of you know your home, really. But it's a matter of scale. So that's the scale we're working on. We, we went to the Mayan Riviera side of Mexico. So gorgeous. Oh. Amazing beaches. Bluest water and whitest sand. Well, not the whitest sand. Mm. But however, pretty darn good. Oh, and, and in the sand they had... It was all like petrified coral pieces. There weren't rocks. It was all petrified coral. Crazy. It's astounding. It was really cool. So we're going to just take you through a bunch of our tips of what we think is... Conducive? Yes, a lovely word choice. Thank you. To making travel be magical. Um, So the first two things to start off with is... uh, And I'm having cat issues for a moment. Leave her be. Um, Deal. Mason. No. I'm sorry. I would love to actually cut that out, but you know me. I get out the episode, I don't actually manage to, to do a lot of editing because of timing. We're having um, dominance issues in the house, and I have a cat who's on Prozac because of it. So when the moment happens, even if it's in the midst of recording a podcast, it simply must get dull. So the first thing you have to do is to pick where you're going. Yes. And who you're going with. Yeah, it's hard to say. I was trying to decide which one of those came first. It's almost together, really. Because mm. depending on where you go can determine who you go with. And vice versa. You could be going, okay, you and I are going to go on a trip. Now, where are we going to go? So then you discuss where you want to go on your potential list. Yeah. So we went to Salem together last year, but that was for the Pagan Puck and Supermooch. Mm-hmm. Number two. 
The third one will be held this year in October in San Francisco. And we're going. Yeah. Uh, those were determined by other people. The Mexico trip was for my 40th birthday. I don't know why I turned 41. And we didn't choose it for magical reasons per se. It was actually inspired by someone else who they had a bunch of people going to their birthday. Yep. And so we went on their 40th and also to Mexico. It was great. And we decided we wanted to try the other side. And, of course, once we were going to the other side of Mexico... We're going to be by the ruins. We're going to be by the ruins. The logical choice would be to go on tours for the ruins. Yes. So this is where selecting the place can really matter because you can select places that will have a greater inherent magic to the locale. Like going to Salem has its own magical history. Um, Not to the same depth and age as the Mayan Riviera, but it still has it. And so you, you can choose your spot uh, to have a magical impact on you. Even when I went to New York, you know, it's not a historical magic and it's not folk magic, but it has its own energy and experience that could be considered magical. And a lot of times magic is just a state of mind. So mm. if you are going with the intention of being magical, then you're more likely to have a magical experience. True. But in this case, we were also going to go explore some seriously funky, magical shit in the place. And trust me, if you get the opportunity to go to the ruins, so worth it. Um, or really any place where it ties into old magic. The feel and, of it, it's unlike anything else. Oh, God, I would love to, the pyramids. Egypt, pyramids. Oh, oh yeah. But oh. Egypt's not so safe of a place to go to. That's why we take the boys. We're these big boys. Weaponry. Um, oh, that's right. You're not allowed to carry weaponry on planes. I knew that. So, the where. The who obviously can make a big difference for the magical quality of it because if you're traveling with magical people, you can easily encourage a magical experience on your travel. You're traveling with mundane people. You're working almost against the, the tide or the flow that they bring to it. And you have to be sneakier almost. It's not as open and not as readily experienceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because between the two of us, we both went into it fully magical. Any hint of bringing up something magical, the other one's totally there. Absolutely. You know. With pom-poms and everything. Ooh. Oh, I could the chocolate. Pom-pom bonbon chocolate. It made sense. Your train is amazing. Yeah, that was one of the th- We had a lot of t-shirt sayings come up on this trip, and we also discovered that the easiest way for me to explain when my train of thought was utterly derailed was for me to simply go, Train! And I sigh and go, okay, this is where we're talking about, did that jog your memory at all? No? Okay, we'll let that go. But it's a really handy phrase, and I recommend it to people, because when you lose it, it's a nice, quick summary of the fact that you've utterly lost your train of thought. And sometimes, if the person actually prompts you quick enough, you can get it back. Yeah, but you didn't have to do any explaining. You just go, train! Exactly. All right, so... Where are you going? Who are you going with? You could even say, you know, the time of year that you're going could have an impact. Can you imagine Salem and Halloween? It would be touristy and magical at the same time. I know, which is also kind of fun. But anyway, so you can consider the time. Um, now, when you start your travel, when you leave your home, even when you start packing your bags, really. Yeah, you're, you're entering into that mindset already. You're... you're creating the ritual of leaving your usual life and entering into an altered state. Basically, prepare yourself to go into the prime or A, so that you can get to prime A. 
Remember you, that? Did you just go math geeky on us? No, it's actually ecological, where they're saying that ritual space, you start with a state, so saying A, and then you have the experience. And once you have the experience, now you're A prime. You're still the same, but you're altered in some undefinable fashion. But yes, I went geeky. I'm sorry. I will never apologize for geeky. Certainly not on this podcast. But anyway, so you, you're preparing yourself to go into that different state. And you can, you can make that ritual. You can, you know, getting into a cab if they're taking you to the airport, the act of saying farewell to pets, to friends, to family, you know, can be made into something that helps to encourage you into realizing what you are doing. And the more engaged you are in understanding on all levels, so not just with your head, the change that you're putting yourself through and the experience that you're inviting into yourself, the stronger the magical experience of it will be. And I also did this the night before where, because I, I work with Hermes and Hermes is a great traveler god. So I actually invoked him and gave offerings, say, you know, bless us on our journey, keep us safe, but let us have lots of fun and magic. And yeah. so that also helped. Yes, I, I usually piggyback on her because she works with Hermes and he's really great for travel. So she, she's in charge of the gods on that one. <laughs> Uh, so use the act of traveling to, it is itself, the act of traveling is itself magical. It's like crossing that river. Yes. You, and, you are changing states and movement and movement in and of itself is magical. So, so use it. And then you've traveled, you've reached a new destination. And what is the first thing that you do upon reaching that new destination? You say hi. <laughs> <laughs> you tap into the energy of the place and the spirits of that place, and you say hi, acknowledge that you're entering into the space, and asking permission to be magical in that space. We forget a lot of times, I think, about asking permission. We, have, we fall into the human failure of thinking that we are most important, we are in control, what we want simply gets to happen because we want it. We're pretty strong as humans and we can really good at making things go our way but if you want the universe to go with you and make it easy oh yeah you talk you communicate you ask you and if they go mm, you go hey so what's going to make it better I realize that you know maybe you're tired of people coming in and, and affecting you in this way how can I encourage your energy acknowledging that you want to feel that energy their energy the, so the spirits of that place the the land whites the devas the actual just essence of the different physical landscape. Remember that you want to have that experience. You don't want to... We're not missionaries, people. We want communion with the native. We don't want to blanket where we go with our own energy. We want to take in what they're offering to us and be changed by it. It's a sharing at the yeah. highest sense. Yes, and so leaving a bit of ourselves behind when they take it in is, is great. But remember, you want to take in. You don't want to just go there and be so definitively who you are that you come back from it and nothing about you is different. It lessens the experience. You're not being magical then. Well, not truly. Not yeah. truly. Because magical experiences should alter you. I don't think we've ever, I've ever said that on the podcast. But when it comes right down to it, magical experiences should alter you in some manner somewhere. Because if it doesn't, then it wasn't really magical now, was it? It was all in your head. 
That's a whole different argument, though, isn't it? When the psychology of it versus the actuality of magic. Right. That's a whole other conversation, though. Yes. Anyways. Uh, digression. So you're there, and you've introduced yourself, and everything's going swimmingly. And now you have a variety of options of how to add more magic to the trip. Now, we took... One of us took two day trips to ruins, and one of us took three day trips to ruins. And, oh, not bitter over here. Not bitter at all. Well, I think that was the universe conspiring against us for that one. So we get in, and, and okay, the very first thing we, didn't, we did was not say hi to the place so much as um, get our key and our bags. Because we got them really, really late after traveling all day. Oh, oh. Day. All day. All day. So first of all was food and booze. Booze. Yes, there was booze. <laughs> and then the next day was um, greetings and food and booze. Oh, and we did it in the water. <sighs> Actually, you know, the first night there, it was the first night there. We, we had some food, we had some booze, and then we sat and we talked. So we're going to do the other thing first, I guess. We'll get back to the rooms. So okay. the other thing that works really fucking well when you're on vacation or traveling in whatever sense and you're with someone else and they're magical you are outside of your norms now is a great time to have those conversations that never seem to quite happen because you have the time what else are you doing you're on vacation you can do whatever the fuck you want and if you want to sit down and discuss the lifestyle habits of your coven and how you might want to change things things that you've noticed lately that you just never really got to talk about because there's always something else or someone else. and Because life is really busy. Oh, God, life has been so busy. that we, we realized, I think, on that trip that we hadn't spent any time together, just the two of us. In months. It was really sad. I mean, great. There's a lot of great stuff going on. But it was so good for us to be able to just go and connect and then really talk about our coven and what we wanted and what we saw. And since then, we've added three people, changed dramatically how we view things reinvigorated ourselves and Kevin everything everything changed so fabulous but we were there and we're sitting the side of a pool drunk <laughs> there were shots and they were good oh they were really awesome and they oh. poured it perfectly it's like a th three layered shot and they did it so just perfectly it was amazing oh absolute vodka Bailey's and Kahlua no, oh, it no. Was a C. Grandma, hey? no, it was a C. Con control? Oh, control. That's I think. right. Yeah. Because yeah. they called it an ABC. Yeah. But if you, oh, the B-52. Oh, my God, the B-52. That was a different night. So we're sitting at the side of this pool, and the pool, of course, I mean, we're at a high-end, all-inclusive resort. Hey, it was my 40th birthday. It was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, my God. And there are lights in the pool, and the air is all warm, and so you're just lounging on the loungers and watching people eat at a restaurant. Mm. Because they're really big windows. It made sense. Trust me. <laughs> and sitting and just talking and talking and talking. And so open to it that the epiphanies start to roll. And and, and now, this is not just, you know, you normally have a, a good conversation and then you have one or two epiphanies. This is one after another. I'm like, oh, and oh my goodness, why didn't I think of that? And it was quite something to actually even just experience that conversation it really was we had a bunch of those yeah. over the week like a bunch of them we were constantly discovering about the coven about ourselves about our group dynamic we re well rehash seems the wrong word almost but we went through things that we never fully delved through about past things with the coven and 
put things to rest in a lot of ways, I think. There was some of that. It's almost reconciliation of our new beings. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there was self-exploration and helping each other explore their, our own natures and where we wanted to go. And there was a bit of tarot cards. There was... Oh, and um, yeah, that was fun. Reading tarot cards and then the waitress coming up. It's like, what's that? They asked. So we ended up giving a uh, tarot reading to one of our Spanish waitresses. Uh, or, well, Mexican, but she speaks Spanish. Correct. Um, oh, oh, and Holly, after our trip to Salem, you know, we both got witch tattoos. This is not news. <laughs> but hers is on her arm, and we're sitting uh, out for lunch one day on this little patio thing. And the waiter comes up, and he looks at her and goes, Bruja? And I have the shock look going like, okay, is he going to take this well or not well? And what do I say? And, uh, and meanwhile, I'm going, yes, Bruja. <laughs> and he asked a few other questions, and it was all good, and it was all very entertaining. And then Holly had this really, oh, my God, am I entitled to call myself a Bruja? Because, you know, wrong culture and blah, blah, blah. Turns out that, um, I don't know if I ever told you that. I think you did. Uh, we were talking to someone else who knows uh, someone who is Mayan background, and that for how they work, Bruja is just a generic label like witch, and so go to town, people. Feel no badness for using the word Bruja, because um, shouldn't. Although, I was mildly perturbed that the waiter asked if I have special powers. What do you say to that? <laughs> Watch me levitate you off the floor. <laughs> oh, so my brain went to somewhere really, really rude. But um, it's not that kind of episode, so. Not that kind of episode. I'm really glad you didn't say that it's not that kind of show. <laughs> That's totally that kind of show. What? <laughs> it's your show. Hello. Explicit reading. Woohoo! Haven't crossed that line in at least, you know, 20 minutes. So conversations are huge. And they can have a, a fabulous effect. And because you're outside of your normal place, you're outside of your normal patterns. And so you can crack things open that have been eluding you. There's less distractions. So much easier to go deeper and to go beyond what you normally would talk about. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend that. Um, then there's what I was talking about the first time was actually getting into the magic more of the place. Mm -hmm. uh, and not all places will have necessarily a, the type of magical experience we're going to talk about with the ruins, but they have magical experiences, especially, um, you know, from nature places where, oh my God, like you just out in nature and a different nature and it is glorious and thunderous and yeah, listen to the natural flora and fauna and... You know, the birds sounds different. The air tastes different. Smell different. Um, even the tree, how the, the way the shadow is, because it's a different kind of tree, but even the, it's different. Well, and the sun's different. It's a different latitude, different longitude. Like, everything changes. And so giving yourself the opportunity to really feel the differences in places. So it can be nature. It doesn't have to be. Uh, like I said, I went to New York about four years ago. Something like that. And... A totally different city, totally different experience there as well. Uh, <laughs> You've got a cat nuzzling the microphone right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the cat who sets himself on fire. Uh, BJ calls him... Um, Puppy cat. Yes, because he's more like a dog than a cat. And uh, 
I, we should not digress into the land of my cats and their idiosyncrasies because we will never get out of that again. But the puppy cat is playing with the mic. New York. New York. Uh, very much about energy and people. Uh, and even there, though, going through Central Park and the experience of nature in the center of that much thriving metropolis, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And again, very much outside of the South, but a really good chance to see yourself. So in the, our case, there were ruins, Mayan ruins from I don't know how many thousands of years before. And so our second day was our first tour, tour. and it was Koba. Yes. And it was a full day thing, and there was a zip line and a, a climb down it into a cenote. Rappel into a Sorry. cenote, which is a sinkhole. Yeah, so they're all through the area, these really deep sinkholes with water at the bottom, and they form a, a series of connected caves in a lot of cases. That is not really explored. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's fascinating and fabulous and so cool. And the person who rappelled down actually got to go kind of swimming around in the cenote. And this was a, like, and Koba, it turns out, is the last set of ruins that you can actually walk on. Oh, oh a climb on the main pyramid. Yeah, because um, the... Ones at Tulum, somebody did graffiti, so they closed it. And the ones at Chinchen Itza, somebody fell about seven years ago, they said. And killed the natural. And died. Blood. Yes, tumbling down like tumbleweed. So, Koba's uh, the only one you can find. Now, the reason I'm laying all this wonderfulness out for you is because of the uh, intense jealousy that I'm suffering. Because our first day there... You know, our, our very first night, we got very drunk. We talked. We went to bed. We woke up. We felt fine. I and felt fine. First night, very first night ah, of arrival. Right. Second day, first full day, I felt fine. The end of that day, we did the drinking thing again, and we drank all day. And I want to say that I had just one shot more than Holly did. One shot. Well, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep, apparently. because uh, I woke up drunk and hungover in combo, which is never good. It, I managed to get my hair brushed and my teeth. Yes. And you look vaguely green already. I made it to the buffet. I took two little buns. I, or little mini bagels, actually. I yeah. took a bite. I chewed on it for three minutes. You know what happens when you chew, chew, chew a piece of bagel for three minutes? It turns to goo. Chewy, gluey goo. Not appetizing at all. Now, you also tend to have motion sickness, and we have to actually ride on a bus to actually get to where we're going. So, um, considering I, I couldn't swallow a bagel and getting back out of the buffet was impossible, um, <clears throat> somebody got to go to Koba, and somebody had to crawl back, almost literally, to the room to die. You didn't die. You might have felt like dying in the moment. I could barely get myself back into bed, and I just lied there, waiting for the pain and the suffering to subside. And then spent the entire day reading by the pool and trying to figure out why. What lesson am I, am I learning by staying back here? Why was this the universe's decision? Because it had that quality. And then, well, Holly gets back. And I was jazzed. I got to go on the zip line, never been before. I'm like terrified of heights, well, certain heights. And, you know, I couldn't actually jump off the cliff, but like I had the, the tour guide push me and I got to rappel down. I've never done rappelling before. And the cenote was beautiful. And, and, and it was just so much crazy things packed in one day. And I was missing her the whole time, but I was like, oh, wow, I can do this by myself. It's fine. And 
it's all good. She had a very great learning experience of being on her own foreign country, really doing something, because that was a first. Yeah, that was total first. Total first. I would like to say that I've never been in a zipline, I've never repelled, and I've never swum in a cenote at that point either. But apparently my missing actions that I really wanted to try weren't on the universe's list, and it was for Holly. No jealousy here, none, 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 no bitterness whatsoever. I took lots of pictures. Yeah, that makes up for it. So, <laughs> then we went to Tulum, and we went to Chichen Itza, and oh... Okay, first off, if you're ever down there, Tulum, really the best beach. Oh my oh. god, it was it was everything you'd ever want a beach to be. Pretty much the really vivid light blue, the mm. really soft, silky white sand, um, the waves that are like warm water. Oh. Um, really strong waves, but just it's just beautiful. Oh. And then Chinchinisa is utterly fascinating. Like Seriously, the shit that, and I don't think we're going to go into it, but. If you had the chance to go get one of the tour guides that have that official badge, because they're fully trained and have lots of knowledge about astrology or astronomy and the, the, the angles of how the building are, are so particular. Well, there are things like the, um, the, the ball field or whatever they call it, where there's walls um, parallel to each other and open on, on the two other ends. Those walls have a 40-degree curve at the top so that when you clap, you get a syncopated rhythm of the echoing of the sound. Four-degree curve. It's precise. Crazy. It's yeah. precise. The, uh, the building of the main pyramid had equal precision on how it aligned with things, you know, miles away and how the light hits it in a particular way that it makes like this snake-like look coming down uh, as the sun moves. And uh, it's really cool when you're standing at the bottom of the steps of the main pyramid and you clap, you clap. your hands, it makes a sound. It echoes back to you the sound of a bird of paradise. Yeah. It, it sounds like a bird. You clap, a bird calls back to you. And that's why going on a tour is worth it because you're not going to get that information just by going yourself. No, and we had quite possibly the best tour guide we could have ever had. He was well-spoken, he was um, educated, um, eloquent, he knows how to tell a good story. Passionate, intensely passionate about his, uh, his country and wanting to see his country made into a better place. And he got into the whole astrology of it and how you know, the, the world isn't ending, which we heard so often, right? Because we were there in 2012, so the whole world is not going to end. And in case you haven't heard that yet, one, probably go listen to Araya's episode uh, from Between the Earth and Stars, listen to her episode on the mind stuff. But two, just understand that it's the flipping over of a calendar, just like it, you know, January 1st, 2013, we'll need a brand new calendar because our old calendar just isn't going to cut it anymore because it doesn't have 2013 on it. It's just the end of a cycle. Yep, and you have to roll over and you have to get a new calendar. Woohoo. Yippee. That's it. That's all it is, folks. Go out, buy yourself a new calendar, move on. <laughs> or you can go with that joke about how, you know, Dick Clark has died and <laughs> <laughs> So there can no so the new year can't be rung in this the for twenty thirteen, so way to go Mayans. Um but what was really cool that we got to do was because we got um obsidian that is 
from Mexico. Yeah, Golden Obsidian. And we actually stood bare feet and, you know, no hats or anything. Uh, at the, In front of the main steps of the main pyramid. With the obsidian in their hand. Soaking in the sun. Soaking in the essence of the place. And this is under the direction of our tour guide of how... The traditional Mayan way of charging the stone for magical purposes. So, uh, and this is stage one. So we did it. Yes. Because, um, hello. hello. <laughs> it was so awesome. Oh my God, it really was. The energy thrumming. Oh. And then the wind picked up just as we were finishing. Oh. And then a stage two is after you get home, uh, you place it in a bowl of salt water underneath the full moon <laughs> for the night. And he tells us, we're like, Really? That's okay. all you do? We could have figured that out. <laughs> that would have probably what we'd have done at home anyways. Exactly. But the minds were all about uh, the balancing of the opposite forces. The above, the below, the sun and the moon. Oh yeah, and um, what you missed Koba. Oh, there was the there was a ritual done by a mine. Go ahead, talk about salmon. it. And, okay, the altar was fascinating because they actually believe in the three worlds. So it was actually a table with a canopy. So you have, like, the upper world, middle world, underworld. And, oh, Copal is their resin of choice. Um, mm. as burning, and it's amazing. And four direction, it's the cardinal direction. It's very much in their mythology as well. So a lot of echoing of things that we already do or we believe in. And it was quite affirming just to have that experience. Yeah, it really was. And I encountered it. I didn't have the ritual moment, but uh, on the other tours, whenever they talked about mind ritual and mind magic, essentially, without that word, the echoes of it to, you know, modern pagan practice were stunning. Which is also reassuring because, you know, we're still doing something right. <laughs> exactly. So if you pick a place that has that kind of history to it, I can embrace it. Take Do it. Oh. And if we thought we could have gone to a graveyard and not gotten in trouble with our, our, our men, uh, we still would have. Yeah. But we've made promises. and We were only allowed to do tours and staying in the compound. That's it. That, that whole protective thing since they weren't there. Um, so that is an aspect of it. And right now Holly's checking our pre-made list to see if we covered all of our topics. And because she reads our handwriting way better than I do. Uh, the only thing we haven't really mentioned is that take the time to stop and be. Mm. The five senses check in. Right. So uh, <laughs> this one comes to us via therapy. <laughs> She's making like this, you know, yay sign with her fist. But no, really. Because um, therapy, when you get lost in strong... So this is a, a double-edged double tool. Double-use tool? Multi-use. <laughs> Multi-use. Multi-tool. This is a multi-tool. Um, because when you're going through a really hard emotional something, when you are just awash and lost emotionally, they have you do the five senses check-in. And in its broadest sense, they go, okay, tell me five things you see. Because sight's the easiest one. So you usually start with sight. You know, and I see Holly's glasses. I see my black cat. I see the dying ivy. I really got to do something about that. You know, I see the computer, uh, uh, see a TV, right? So you, you just, things that you notice. And then tell five things that you hear, which gets a little trickier sometimes. Because you actually have to stop and you have to listen. And you have to, you know, experience. And five things that you touch or could touch. So you go through your senses um, and usually try and do like five things with each one. 
And it rounds you back into your body into that moment instead of being a wash. Right. So it puts you kind of back in charge of yourself in, in an interesting way. It's kind of like a reset. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hi. Okay. I'm back. I'm good. It also, when you're in a foreign place, it really draws you into noticing what's around you. Because it's still very easy to get lost in our thoughts, to get lost in doing things or drinking or, or what have you, and not stopping. Because the when you're going through so much stuff, you always need to pause and integrate. Ah, that's what I was looking for. Integration of the experience. And if you integrate in small ways throughout, it'll stick with you much longer. Uh, the previous trip we made to Mexico, there was a couple of moments where I really stopped and I just was like, and went into the place for I don't know how long each time. I can bring up the full sensation of being there for those moments when I did it. Because it anchors the memories into your body and it has other touch points that allow you to access it again. Mm -hmm. Much better. Yeah. So we, we strongly recommend doing that, uh, particularly if you're farther away from your usual habitat because you will notice more changes. It's good anywhere. But I, I think it's extra cool when you're farther away. And sometimes you just end up noticing something that you just didn't. And it's amusing to notice it. Yeah. It's fun. It is. Like people watching. That's another fun thing about traveling. It could also be considered magical. But not on our list. So I think that covers our list. So when you're headed back, do not forget to say thank you and farewell to your hosts. And your hosts are not just your hotel who took your money. It's the, the spirits of the place that help you have all these wonderful experiences. Mm -hmm. um, any deities you might invoke during that time? Yep. Good to say goodbye. And then, rec you know, put as much recognition into your change, your altered state, and your leaving as you did to when leaving home. Right? The travel back. If you think about it in kind of heroic journey type terms, um, or any magical journey, there's always the outbound trip. Your way home. Which is usually where you have all your experiences and the weird shit happens and stuff. But then, yes, you have your trip home. And it gets described in shorter terms, but that trip home is when you realize how much you've changed. Sometimes I'm thinking of Tolkien, you know, when, when they try to go back to Shire. And the Shire is not the same. They're not the same. The same kind of thing. You really have to appreciate that journey back as well. Yeah, it's your chance to integrate it, to really fully take in the experience. And don't shortchange yourself. Because it is. It, it's a shortchange if you don't do that final step. And then, of course, when you get home, home. Don't forget the magic of being home. Yeah, as you unpack, say thank you for the days you washed over you. <laughs> Greeting those that you love when you get back. Furry. Um, I'm trying to think. Scaly. Uh, <laughs> chirpy. Or, you know, human. <laughs> House monkeys. Or whatever it is that, that has love. Or just your love of your space, the trees around you. Whatever makes it home for you. To re-embrace it as the new you. And to bring that magic back with you. And that magic will always be with you. Hmm. I highly recommend taking photographs and, you know, also making that a... Photographs are really great touchstones for remembering. So 
So I usually like having at least one memento from a trip for a physical touchstone and then pictures, 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 mm -hmm. lots of pictures. But I love pictures. Um, and you don't have to. You can just pick up a postcard. Yeah. If you're not a picture type person. And funny enough, I sent them the postcards in Mexico. I gave it to a hotel to ask them to send mm -hmm. it. I don't think it ever got sent. Nobody's gotten it. I haven't gotten it. Wow. Okay, it'd be really funny if in like, you know, two years, all of a sudden... <laughs> I had that thought. Maybe you know, they just lost it somewhere and then they'll find it and say, oh, we should post this. That's really, really funny. So that, our dearly beloved, is our tips and suggestions for making travel magical. Or bringing the magic to your travel, or... Or taking your magical lifestyle and taking with you everywhere you go. Mm, magical lifestyle on the road. I like it. <sighs> so, with no further ado, adieu. Adieu to you and you and you. And no music to send you out and no podcast uh, promos from anyone else because this is an abysmal witch episode and I don't do that on this one. Alrighty then. So instead, we will simply leave you with the blessings of the deep. And wild. Blessed be. Blessed be.